Paul joined us. We have rebooted his podcast, and he has rebooted his whole life. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was a compliment. Thank you. Thank you. And hello, everyone. You're welcome for having me. Oh. You're welcome. Oh. That was to the listeners. Paul has really rebooted his life a few times that I can think of. Yeah, well, I can only be here for like, I don't know, like 15 minutes this episode. So I figured, why not? You know, between last week and this week, like, let's do it. I'm sorry. You're not like a celebrity, Paul. Like, you're like, oh, I just had time to stop by. Okay, like, but he is a celebrity because our Instagram posts do so much better when I mention him. <laughs> Why are you telling Jackie, people you're that? You're literally not Why supposed to fucking that? say that. You're fired. <laughs> oh, oh, that's such Girl. a lie. <laughs> Give the people what they want. It's me. It is you. But speaking of suspending things, um, Ron DeSantis suspended his campaign this week. How does everyone feel about that? <laughs> the transitions have really, really just been rough. Uh, but I've really enjoyed, as a listener, uh, getting a chance to hear you guys sing my praises. I will sing your praise. That was that was a fair attempt at a transition. The, the suspension of the campaign was no surprise to me, I will say. And by the time you guys are listening to this, Nikki Haley could have also dropped out. Um, but we'll see. She may push through the five weeks post New Hampshire to like get to South Carolina, but I don't really know that that's going to happen. I, it brought me so much joy to see Ron DeSantis drop out, but I also found myself frustrated at myself because of how worried I was about him as a candidate, that he was going to be this star, that he was going to do good, that he was going to like get all of this support. And I was like, think I was doing uh, Instagram posts a year and a half ago or two years ago about Ron DeSantis because I was so convinced that he was going to like beat Trump if Trump didn't run again. And then we were going to have to face him. And what a flop, like what a flop, floppy on it to a T. Like it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I agree. He had so much potential. I feel well, like a year ago, right? He had, he had potential when people didn't know him yet. When he was this, this guy from Florida that was first making headlines during the pandemic and the earlier parts of Trump's presidency, I think it was very easy to see him as like a Trump surrogate or like a mini Trump or like Florida's version of Trump. And as soon as DeSantis got into the national spotlight and away from regional headlines about, you know, COVID related stories and stuff like that, completely shit the bed. Mm -hmm. Zero charisma. He walks around like, some kind of hobbled horse on his high heel <laughs> cowboy boots. High heels on my titties. <laughs> Dolce and Gabbana. He just completely lacks any charisma, which uh, say anything you want bad about Trump, it's all true, but the man has <laughs> charisma. He's got the juice. I love how you said it's all true. We can say anything you want bad about him and it's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, pick, pick a thing. It's probably true. He eats true. babies too, I think. Hmm. <laughs> So when I say weak. potential, I didn't mean like good potential. I mean, he had potential to like, you know, for the Republicans to like him, but that just sure. never happened. Um, mainly also because I think Trump being still around, I feel just caused him to be irrelevant. Like maybe if Trump wasn't around, right? Like he might have more in him. But And, and too scared to attack him. I don't think if Trump wasn't around that DeSantis would have done any okay. better. DeSantis is his own enemy. I think so yeah, too. He's just- he, he is his own enemy. He has no public speaking abilities. He has no outward emotion. There's like a chip missing. He's so (laughs) awkward. And he's inept is honestly what he Mm -hmm. is. And that's, I think that's how he became popular is 
Yeah. During the pandemic in Florida, it was very easy for him to have somebody write a tweet for him that was a real banger of a hot take. And I think that's what people got used to. So people were expecting mm. that bravado of Trump. And then when he finally got out on the campaign trail and he got heckled by people or an interview would ask him a hard question, he couldn't do what Trump does, which is turn it back around on the other person and basically make a big old fucking scene and turn it into entertainment. Mm -hmm. He just couldn't do it. I think I think that that is like the description of inept and he had no ability to entertain. Both of those, I feel, are so accurate because when he was parading around during COVID or when he, you know, uh, had that like high schooler take off his mask who was standing behind him, he looked serious and he looked like a bully almost and he looked emotionless. But I, I think that like seeing him out on the campaign, it wasn't so much that like he was this emotionless, like this is my way or the highway. It was just like an inability to interact with human beings, like on a social yes. level. He doesn't know how to like say... <laughs> Hello to Hello. someone normally. His, and his facial expressions. Every, like, you ever watch his facial expressions when he's like about to speak or sp it's jarring. They're uncanny. It is scary. Oh, that is the Botox. I've got to, maybe, yeah. I've got to go back and like figure out how he, like, like watch his initial campaign when he was elected the first time. Like what about him excited people so much that they would vote for him? Like what was it? He was younger at the time. I mean, yeah. he's still a fairly young candidate. I think that, makes people excited no matter what because you got so many old fucks in office um but yeah it just the way he reacts to everything he feels like an alien that came down that has no understanding of how human beings work and somebody gave him like a crash course and relating to human beings and he's just standing there like desperately trying to remember his training <laughs> like which response am i supposed to give right now i feel like you and him you and he would be really good friends andrew you and rodney i would love to see you guys <laughs> together i know that's the politician what? i pick for you yeah kirk that's so mean that's so mean. i just think it, not actual friends but i think like andrew would really enjoy like having him at his house and having a beer out back i think it would be so much fun i don't think so nikki haley's not gonna make it i mean either. i was gonna say yeah and we like as it, and Nikki Haley is like setting up for a complete loss. Like the supercut, Andrew, that you sent to me today, she goes back and forth between talking about her like like racial injustice that she's faced to like America's not a racist country. And then she's like writing in a book about how her family was treated differently because they were brown. Like it is so wild. This person also who presents themselves as like more capable than Ron DeSantis really isn't on like a, a crazy fundamental level, like just can't answer direct questions because they don't know one why they're running. And like two, they don't understand how to like attract the moderate vote, moderate in the Republican party. Let's be clear, a, a, like attract the moderate vote and attract the crazies that they need to win. Like they can't win without any level of baseline support and she has none of it. So watching her like, try to be racist, but also use her story of growing up mm -hmm. as a brown person is crazy to watch. Like, and, and it's, it's like, she's going through her own mental gymnastics, which is why nothing lands. So hopefully by the time that everybody hears this, like she's dropped out too. Um, Cause I do believe that she would be more dangerous against Joe Biden, but like, my God, my God. Well, we always knew it was going to be our beautiful boy, Trump. Well, yeah. that's another reboot. Donald Trump. 24.
Nostalgia. We all love it. It's really not a bad thing. If we are feeling nostalgic about something, it means we look fondly at it. It was good. It made us happy. A sentimentality for the past. But that doesn't always mean we need to relive it. Hell, even relive it with an entirely new cast. Imagine your favorite childhood memory. Now imagine it happening again at the age you are at now. But all of your loved ones in the memory are gone and played by new actors. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I'm referring to the epidemic hitting Hollywood lately. Remakes, reboots, and sequels. All with one thing in common. A lack of original ideas. I saw a tweet this week from the account at It Girl Posts or on X. What, don't, what do we call it? A tweet? An X? Erica, what do you think? Um, I like... Uh, a tweet. A tweet? It's like a little uh, tweet. Okay. First I'm calling you Elon. Oh, I saw this the other day and the tweet said, quote, our generation will never have anything original because they just remake everything nowadays. In regard to a tweet showing Megan Thee Stallion in her new music video for the song from the upcoming Mean Girls movie, where she is dressed in the iconic boob cutouts on her wife beater that Rachel McAdams wore in the original Mean Girls movie. Now, paying homage in a music video, a different medium than the original Mean Girls, is one thing, but it is for a movie that is quite literally just a remake for the sake of a remake. Now, apparently there are musical elements, as it turned into a Broadway show, but the promotion of this film so far just feels like a copy and paste, and for what? However, we stand Renee Rapp, so I will not slander this film any longer because she's in it and I love her. But let's start this episode out with one question. Where do you guys stand on the idea of reboots, remakes, and never-ending sequels, or sequels that come years later due to the sole purpose of nostalgia? Let's keep this brief, yes or no, on all of those three of those topics, but don't worry, we will get into further detail of our favorite reboots, remakes, and sequels in this episode. So, guys, what do you think on reboots, yes or no? So, I started out coming into this episode ready to be a hater, because I do think that there are way too many reboots and remakes. And I know you only wanted a no, a yes or no answer, but you got more than that. Classic white guy. So what is your answer? I am now for the reboot. Okay. And I will explain why later. We didn't ask. Okay. It's like, we literally didn't ask. Well, for we, we like, will, but it's not okay, Erica, what is your yeah. <laughs> Um, Let me explain my answer for 10 minutes only to say, yes, I'm for reboots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're saying a reboot is the same show. Or movie. Just new yeah, reboot is basically years. like yeah, have a, ha, reboots happen more, I think, with TV than it does movies because it just because yeah. I think so. Yeah, because like, for example, like um, the Full House reboot, Will and Grace, where it's the same show and concept just continues. So it's almost like the sequel for TV shows, I guess. So reboot. Okay, so no. no, you're not into reboots. OK, uh, my opinion is based upon reboots we have received. I will say no. But if it was done right, I would say yes. But I think I'm with Maggie. I'm going to say no. Like, leave Will and Grace in the past. Like, leave Will and Grace as is. Don't, like... Yeah, like, what the hell is Fuller House? See, I was thinking of a reboot. I may have answered incorrectly. Yeah, Yeah. you definitely did. I texted y'all what the fucking definitions were of each one. (laughs) I'm reading them. I'm looking at them right now. I'm looking at them. You know, I don't even have my phone in front of me, so that's 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 my bad that I Let me describe again. A reboot is something that... It was a, a TV show that happened, ended, successfully completed, and then years, decades, eons later, came back mm-hmm. with the same cast, same storylines, everything, just like continuation yes. of no, it. No, I am, I am not for the reboot. Okay. Yeah, I'm anti. There, I when we get to that section, there are two movies I want to talk about that 
are actually good, but because they're so rare of an exception, then That's yeah, fine. I would definitely say re- reboots are bad. Okay. So yeah. the remi- I feel like I have one of the same okay. answers as you for the movies. Okay. I bet we have. I bet you can shut up, both of you. Let me get to the next question. <laughs> okay. Don't fucking silence me. You're just talking back and forth. <laughs> okay. That's what podcasts do, Kirk. It's literally the job description. <laughs> Speaking of, we are a rebooted podcast, everyone. <laughs> uh, or we are remade. Back We're better rebooted. than ever. We're rebooted and yeah, rebranded. And you're not a reboot because there's different characters. This That's is the true. Remake. Well, you know, there's like a one. This is a remake. This is a remake. Kirk, you're not even getting your own definitions. <laughs> okay, correct. well, the re- yeah. To be fair, in the last iteration of this podcast, I was straight. So new character that makes sense when they reboot no you're not new character when they we're gonna get into this too but when they reboot old stuff and make one character queer for the fuck of it that's you (laughs) (laughs) because it's 2024 and the original shows are like 2000 okay (laughs) what are our thoughts on the remake so definition of the remake would be a movie that they literally just remake like this mean girls movie i know parts of it are musical so it's nuanced but like or um, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's very the typical remake, Hollywood remake of just let's take something and completely remake it with a new cast just for the sake of it. And it's the same exact fucking story. I'm going to say no. Yes. This is what I was actually saying yes to. I am going to say no. Okay. Good. That's what I wanted. One answer. Okay. Now this other one is sequel, which I guess technically <laughs> is like a reboot of a movie if you think about it that way. Because a sequel would be like, um, I don't know, there's millions of sequels in the world. But then there's also my issue with this one is, though, I think now we've gotten into a land of like back in the day, you would put out a movie and like three years later or two years later, the sequel would come out and it like made sense. Now it's like the yeah. 15th sequel of a movie that came out in 1953. So I think I'm for sequels if it like is purposeful to the plot and story that was originally created. I'm not for sequels if it's like a money grab. I am for sequels if they are a continuation even if there's like a long period so long as they address that there's been a long period between the original or like the previous movie and the current movie yeah i think there's a difference between sequels that were already planned and it's like the same writer director they're they're creating an arc of movies i think there's a difference between that and the first movie did really well so some studio executive is like hey uh, we got a money maker. We gotta, we gotta get a sequel out, and then it's like a new director, a new writer. Um, you know, maybe one of the main characters is no longer in it. Whatever, but it's just it, those money grabs. I think, yeah, you know that that's what contributes to the the trope that sequels are always worse than the original movie or the first movie. You know how there are term limits on crimes committed, like you know, like don't try something after 20 years or something. Yeah. That's how it should be with Ooh, movies. Don't make that. it. If it's 20 years later, mm. don't make it. No, we need less than 20. Statute so of limitations. I, I actually, I, well, so for sequels, maybe, but um, for remakes, I think it should be the inverse. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, well, let's get to, I like this. Let's put, let's, as we go through each one in detail, let's add that as a line of like, what is, what is the year we would give? How, how long can you until, you know, make, I can't speak. Okay. Um, so let's start with the remake. Why do we do it? Well, if something is successful back in the day, why not do it again under a new lens, right? But the argument is, if something is successful, why tarnish or ruin it? So what are some remakes that you guys think got it right? Movies or television? Oh, I got a whole list, baby. Get into it. Get into it. 
I'm only going to speak about the ones that I think got it right because those are what came to mind when I thought of remakes. So off the top of my head, Dune, yeah, phenomenally good remake. The original one, David Lynch has basically disavowed that film and said, yeah, I know that that is some whack shit and I, I have nothing to do with it anymore. Another one that I thought was really, really good was the 2005 King Kong that oh. Peter Jackson did. That was a, a, just a fantastic film because it's just a lot of fun. It's a pretty straight up story and you get some awesome gigantic gorilla action. Other movies that I think actually did warrant a, a remake are The Thing. So The Thing was originally made in 1951, but obviously special effects technology at that time really couldn't do it justice. So when they remade it in 1982, that became the classic The yeah. Thing that everybody knows. Um, they did try to reboot or remake it. Like That's one of those movies that, you know what, should not be remade. It was perfect as is in 1982 in all of its 1982 gloriousness, and it doesn't need to be redone. Some other ones I think are actually an improvement are War of the Worlds. That was also redone in 2005. That movie is actually pretty good. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but the War of the Worlds is a pretty good movie. Way better than the 1950s one. Um, and then one recently is uh, Candyman which I thought yeah. was a very good reboot. It, it's interesting as a remake because all of those same societal things that were part of the 1992 movie are still happening now. So in one sense, it's like we're still at a time where you need a movie like that or you need what is saying, but it also kind of updated things as well, which I like. I think it's funny that you call it a remake because I consider it a sequel that mm. actually acknowledged the time jump because it does continue the original story. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to explain how because everyone should go see that movie. It's really fucking good. But I do think that that's what's so interesting is like there can be such a blurred line between the two where it's the same story, but it's the same story at different points in time. So really, it should be a that should be a reboot. I yeah, but I mean, I kept Tony Todd, Tony Todd too. So like, there's that aspect of it. But maybe that's what makes that movie so good. Is it almost acknowledged some of the pitfalls when it comes to those things where you can't try too hard to play on nostalgia because then that's all it is. And I think a movie that I'm not gonna deep dive into it now because I think it's for a later section but like Dr. Sleep to me is an example that at some point relied too heavily on nostalgia and it ruined that part of the movie for me but that is to say that Candyman hit kind of all of those things that at just the right kind of point and that is what I think is really the defining difference between good and bad is how you balance kind of that aspect of nostalgia, maintaining the story, um, keeping the love that people have for those characters, et cetera, et cetera. But some of the, fun, like, I agree with you on all that. And with remakes, I think it's funny, like when people get really up in arms about, I just saw the color purple the other day, the other week, like last week. And That's very shocking um, for you. A black movie? Yeah, girl. What? <laughs> I thought it was an Irish movie. 
it's not technically a remake or a reboot because it's the musical version which so this is where it gets into like the color purple was made they put it on broadway someone wrote music to it so changed it a bit so it's not a remake or a reboot it's just putting it into a new medium which i think is a good thing like we turn books into movies and into tv shows into scripts and into television so like I think that's a place where it usually sometimes works, where you can make a, make a musical on live stage of a movie. Anyway, the movie was basically like the first of its kind, meaning it took the Broadway show and put it into a musical. Um, not the first of its kind doing that, but the first of its kind for the Color Purple franchise. And anyway, I thought it was really great, but my friend that I went with like got up mid-movie and left because they're like their favorite movie in the world is the original Color Purple. And I was like, listen, like this is not a remake of the Color Purple. It's just a different iteration mm. of it where there's music. So if you didn't see the Broadway show, like you really have nothing to base it off of. So you shouldn't compare it to anything but the Broadway show. But uh, part of me also is like, if you love your movie and you and it's being remade, you're mad it's being remade. Just don't go see it. Like just love the original movie yeah. and never like people get so mad and up in arms about remakes sometimes when they're like, like you're not forced to go see it. I think people don't realize that there are a lot of movies that are remakes that like you watch and you don't know it's a remake. Yeah. Well, perfect example I was going to bring up is on my list is that I love and I think is a good example of. It outperforming the original is The Parent Trap. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It's literally a remake. And I've seen the first one. The first one's good. It's just like, I I just, my generation, our generation relates more to this. I think most people relate more to the Lindsay Lohan one. I also think it's arguably better, to be honest. Also, um, The Star is Born. A Star is Born. Another example. Yeah, it's a remake. Yeah, that's yeah. a remake. And it got huge, you know, acclaim when it came out. And I and I liked it, it too. There's been three Carrie movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, what are some remakes that got it entirely wrong? Or maybe it doesn't have to be entirely wrong, but got it that were bad, that you thought were bad, or that society as a gen generally decided was I feel like, so this is a remake of a remake. So I feel like I get extra points for this one. But The Mummy, um, the one with Tom Cruise that came out in 20... 18 or 16 or something. Yeah, like pre-pandemic. Um, it was bad. Like it was done poorly, A, because the CGI was just awful. And that's saying something because like, I don't know if anyone saw the Scorpion King. Horrible CGI. Same universe. Um, and in general, it just diverted from the story. There's nothing about it that felt classic. And it just felt like an action cash grab. I saw this one, too, and, and I felt the same. I would say in general, most remakes, like I'm never really super excited about because to me, you can go back and watch the original. In a lot of cases, those original movies are movies that we've loved. So why not just watch them again? I can understand that some because they're dusty looking. <laughs> you know, they have dusty. a feeling of like dust. So they're too old looking. I guess. I guess. But <laughs> I'm kidding. But people would say, yeah, that. yeah. But this remake, I mean, yeah, it just it just was not it. Um, anybody want to take a guess at the Rotten Tomato score for the 2017 reboot of the Mummy? Twelve percent. Mm, like thirteen percent. I'm gonna say twenty-seven percent. Well, Maggie and Kirk win. It's fifteen percent. Oh, uh, I had hope. I feel like things like The Mummy that will forever be continuously remade because it's one of those just like iconic things like The Mummy. So they're always just going to like remake. I'm offended you know? that LOL, like, the movie, the incredible film only has okay. 2% points above on Rotten Tomatoes than The Mummy. I'm offended. Uh, you know, Rotten Tomato has When a Stranger Calls, the 2006, which I didn't know it was a remake. I yeah. love When a Stranger mm -hmm. Calls. It is 9% and it's on the list of top 30 worst remakes of all time. Well, that's because and that's fucked up. It was bad. I didn't know there was one before it. <laughs> No, I love them. I just watch it like on repeat. 
Um, one of, I was going to say, and this is kind of, we didn't really talk, I don't think we touched this yet, so this is a better way of maybe touching, scraping the surface of the the idea of the Disney live oh, remix, God. which are remakes, but they're like live action, right? And I think Mulan I saw hated. They like took the music out, I yeah. feel. Like, they made it very like, it was just like a very different vibe. Um, I thought Beauty and the Beast I saw was pretty, not as good as the first, none of them as good as the first one, I think. Yeah. I really um, like loved the idea of the new Little Mermaid and I loved her in the role and I thought she killed it and some of the acting killed it. But I also like being removed from it now a few months, like thought it was pretty dull. Yeah. Comparatively. The magic is not as there as much in the live action, I guess. But I feel like if I'd seen the live action on their own and there was no original and those were the original, maybe I would think better of them. I feel like this goes in the same theme, but the 2014 Annie that they made, I was, I like really didn't like it. Oh, I never I saw really that. I really didn't like it. But you know, the Annie that I grew or we grew up with, I think, is like the one most people don't remember. There's like the 80s Annie yeah. with um, I've which never is the seen original that one. movie, original movie. Do you remember the ABC Family yes. one, which I didn't realize until the last year was I thought that was Annie Me too. for a while. And that's not even a, that wasn't even like a, a film in theaters. That was ABC Family or an ABC man, ABC movie, I think, like a Friday night movie yeah, with yeah, 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 Annie yeah. had short, short, straight red hair as opposed to the curly. But that's when I remember. I mean, the original one's obviously iconic with um, Carol Burnett. Maggie, um, you saw, and I haven't seen it yet, and I will see it, but you saw the new Mean Girls. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't see it? No, I literally specifically said I've been dying to see it, but I haven't seen it yet because I'm nervous about it. Oh, so maybe we shouldn't. Listen, I don't want to, I, I, okay, well, we can talk about the fact that I just think it's been marketed yeah. weird as a remake. It's been marketed as, it's been marketed as a remake, but in my mind, it's a movie musical. So it's like the color purple, which we talked about earlier, where it's a, a remake, yes, but it's, with new a new feature, yes. which is music, which was on Broadway. So it's like kind of just taking the Broadway show and putting yeah, it on in but, movie as opposed to a remake. But they're marketing it weird. But I also think what's tricky is that the, although I agree with you that it is more of a musical remake, the actual script of the musical had very different, has a very different okay. script to the movie. And they're saying they that blended the these. new movie. It, yeah, they blended them. And the new movie is actually closer to the original just script. Just with music. So people are comp- Right. So people are comparing it to that as oh. opposed to the musical. So I think that's where they got it wrong. As long as Renee Rapp's name is not smeared, I'm okay I with agree. That. Though I just saw a video of her today on Watch What Happens Live last night. And she's talking about her, her, um, her interviews are very candid, which I really appreciate. She's very unfiltered. She hasn't, I don't think there, she's even like heard of the word media training, which I love. And nope. um, she was just being like, I hate old people. She's like, I'm ageist. She's like, admit. And I don't, I gotta watch it again. And maybe she was kind of joking, but it was really weird. And Andy Cohen was like, so do you not, do you not like me? Like, and she was like, no, but like, I don't know. I just like, millennial women have always been really rude to me. And he's like, well, I'm the first off millennials are the, like, I'm nearly 60 years old. How old he is. I don't want to slander Andy Cohen, even though um, I should, <laughs> but I think she was in kind of joking by saying millennial women because they're like really, they're young in theory, in theory. Well, I mean, she's also young. Like, and I feel like people don't remember that How she's old is young. Twenty five. She? She's twenty four. Oh, so she's like a yeah, baby. She's young. she's young. She's like a fresh. So, yeah, but she's but she's um. I think she's joking with this. But anyway, I love her. I don't want to slander her. Her voice is incredible. I'm Never. obsessed with her. And her every, I'm, obsess- I'm obsessed. Literally a god with of the angels. Um. So I will see it for her. Me too. But I didn't know how much we really needed it. But I'll see it. And, and you know, what? make art. That's what I'll say about that. Okay. Well, just don't remake it. But isn't that the like kick of remakes? That's like, do we need it? Like, I feel like directors need to start asking themselves, do we need this remake? I know. But I, my thing with this whole episode was like, I, I wanted to come in and like shit on remakes and reboots and everything. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Like my issue with them is they're taking money. If production companies are doing them instead of new ideas, that's my, that's where I fault it. 
But like, yeah, if you want to make a remake, make it, I guess. But like also <laughs> make original new content. Like we do both, which we do do both. But I just feel like the remakes constantly get more airtime because it's a topic we already know and everyone's like, ooh, flashy. Like, yeah. But I think a lot of the, the downside of them is they get shit on before we even have an opportunity to not be shit on because people already love the original. You have to think that like, you know, actors, directors, before they sign on to the project, they have to like weigh the pros and cons. Like they're like, there's already an audience for this or there's already this for this. Like, yeah. is it worth it? Like pouring more money yep. into making but something But it's also again. like on the other side of that coin, you can rely on a fan base to say, okay, well, I am going to watch this because I'm just curious to see what they would do with this movie that I'm like very nostalgic about. Like I know people yeah. who have no expectations for that movie. They are seeing it purely out of curiosity because they have that affection and affinity towards the original and they've seen enough members of the original cast coming back that they're kind of like okay let's just see what this is and I think that companies rely on that and that's something that I think is reliable yeah and I think with this one in particular too because it, I mean it, it is 20 years removed but for some reason we it doesn't feel like it it feels like five days ago I guess because millennials are unable to deal with the fact that they're aging speaking as one but the interesting part, I think, of this movie, too, is I just lost my train of thought because I'm old. <laughs> um, fuck. What were we talking about? Mean Girls. You guys remember that movie? Millennials. They're making a remake. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, Sleepy no, Joe. Fuck, I, gonna... <laughs> I heard it's starring Lindsay Lohan. She's playing twins CGI. <laughs> oh, oh, I got it. Like, there's a clip on TikTok and whatever around people in the theater watching it and like groaning at a, at a there's like a musical moment where the lights dim and it's very very camp music like just like lights dims shines light on her she's sitting at her desk and she starts singing and people don't know it's about to happen so the whole entire audience groans <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't know it was a musical because i just feel like the marketing of it is weird but whatever there's like this guy who works at a diner that i go to a lot and he asked me about the movie and i was like I haven't seen it yet, but I will say that it's a musical. And he was genuinely shocked. And I'm like, that's something that is polarizing enough that you should tell people. Well, I will say that apparently it wasn't supposed to go to theaters. So that might be the reason that the marketing is super weird. Also, to Erica's point, which is then we can unpack later. We're not going to pack it today. But well, like we you don't just saying, unpack things anymore. So sorry about <laughs> musicals. When did we decide to just like, let's hate on musicals? I think musicals were supposed to be for, I guess what it is, is it was meant for an audience and should have stayed with that audience for the rest of Are eternity. Are you answering your own yeah, question on the podcast? It should have stayed in that entire, the audience for entirety. And then when everyone else who doesn't have, who, they, who thinks musicals are like, they're too cool for musicals. Now, like as a society, we just like shit on the idea of a musical. And I think that's fucking stupid. Like musicals are, f are great. I love musicals. Kirk, okay? you are literally the Nicole Scherzinger <laughs> of this podcast where you not only asked the question but you answered it not only were you the lead vocals you were the background vocals you were the foreground <laughs> give me come on erica give me give me the girl what's the fuck what's the girl's name that like oh sabotage the one before <laughs> we need to reboot the pussycat doll actually i think they tried to do that <laughs> so moving on from completely remaking a movie with a new cast we are also seeing a lot of reboots lately this hits harder on tv from shows like will and grace to fuller house and raven's home in movie land i think the reboot would be things like the star wars trilogy Batman trilogies, like we know when they just take the character or that world and tell, tell a new story within it. Like we see it with Spider-Man, all that kind of stuff. So I think we should think of movie reboots like that. Um, TV reboots would be like a show's been off air for 15 years. And they bring it back for like the seventh season and then it stays for more. So it's continuing a story that already exists. And sometimes do we need that? So I guess the question is, what are some reboots that you think got it right? Movies or television? 
Well, you already mentioned some, and I think it's because those are franchises where reboots are already built in. For example, many of the comic heroes that we know and love have been around since, in some cases, the 1930s. So just naturally, those characters have gone from author to author to artist to artist. Um, They have had multiple reboots in the comic book world as well over the years. So that follows into the movies as well. So those have have worked because it's expected. And it's kind of the same with James Bond, too. It's a natural cycle of that whole franchise that after so many years, a new James Bond will come on. But yeah, I think where reboots really fail is is TV. And I think that for me, it's the same reason. It's like, we told that whole story. Why, why do we need to go back? Yeah, it's also like, I think of it, I think I did watch Will and Grace in, entire, in, in its entirety, which is interesting. Like as a kid, I used to watch it. Um, and then now as like an adult, I watched the new one and like it was fine. But I'm like, in my mind now, as the, I think the new one's done, it's like, I still just think of the first one and like think of how that ended and forget that they like continued it 15 years later. Like it's kind of just like a nicety that they did it. Like same thing with Sex and the City, but I feel like it works with shows that didn't see its like final form, like shows that had like a season or two that just got canceled for some reason. Maybe like there still might be a cult audience for them to bring back that show and like tell it in its entirety. But when a show has lived in its final state, like seven, eight seasons, like, do we need seven more 10 years later? Yeah. Like, couldn't we just maybe get a movie maybe? Or like, just, I don't know. That That's where I think it just gets to be like a little bit cheapens the thing. This show, even like, I don't know, like Raven's Home, which I don't watch. Isn't, I just thought, thought of that when I wrote this out. It's on Disney, which is Raven Simone's as an adult. So it's like, it's a reboot, but it's a completely different show in theory because she's yeah. like, has her own life. She's in her forties or whenever she has a kid, like it gets to a new audience. Maybe that because of Disney, but um I think the one thing we see, and I saw with Sex and the City when it rebooted, they like brought in, um, you know, because at different times there was like, like there was, I think, more of a DEI perspective. There was a queerness to it. There was a black character. There was there was a Latina character. There's all stuff like that that like is great and everything. But why don't we just like make a new show with those types of people? I know. Like, why do they need to be infused into original show that like, yes, there's problems to it. But like it was, it lived, it did what it did in its time and we can critique it. But like, I feel like that then infuriates people that they come out of the work and like, why is this woman, she's only casted because she's black. I didn't have a black person in the beginning or this person's now suddenly a lesbian. Like, why would you ruin my character like that? And those people suck, obviously. But like- Cynthia Nixon said she would only do the project if she could be a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. That was her choice. But they don't, they don't care. They don't give a fuck. The, the audience, the audience who, who hate lesbians don't care and love sex in the city. No, but I'm saying like, she's the one who was like this. The only way we can redo this is if yeah. I'm this. Yeah. Which I'm not saying I disagree with. I just think that it's, oh, I it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. People knew the character as is in such, a, in such a large way. And then you're kind of changing them for, I don't know. I just think why not just make new content and new concept, new material with new I think that there's a re there's a version of reality that we probably don't live in where you can do that. It's just that there has to be authenticity to those characters. There's no authenticity in the reboot. And that's where I think TV shows mess it up a lot more than movies, because in a movie, I have an hour and some change to get to know you as a character. In a TV show, especially back then, I have 18 episodes a season to get to know you as a character. And so it's very hard to translate that new rebooted story when I think now they aren't working. They aren't putting in the time to develop a character because Mm -hmm. of how TV is structured now. And so it's just like it's like, yeah, this falls flat because 
we didn't have the time to do it like we used to. I was going to say, I feel like something that um, worked a little bit that I feel like I'm going to get hate for saying it worked, but like, I don't think any of you guys watch Star Trek as much as I do, but. I refuse because, because my name is Kirk and everyone calls me Captain Kirk when I meet them. Oh my God. I'm going to start calling you Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk deserves better than you. That's real. That is so real, Maggie. That is so real. Captain Kirk saved like millions of thousands of lives. I'm just like, what have you done? And Kirk swallows them. Yes. In a show called Star Trek. It was a documentary, Kirk. Oh. <laughs> so the remake movie at, at first got a lot of hate. And then like people were like, oh, wait, this is really good. First I like off, the like, Star Trek reboot. It's so yeah, good. I thought it was good. I love it. I know you guys watch Star Trek. Any of you, this is so fascinating. But the TV shows, oh. the TV shows get a lot of hate. I really like, so one that got really a lot of hate was Discovery, which was the one yes. that recently came out and it actually got canceled. But I, and I think like the biggest problem is timeline. Yeah. Like a lot of these shows, like it's like the timeline that doesn't fit. Like when they're trying to force these characters and like, you know, they're trying to work it back and fit it into this like narrow little hole and make it all work. Like that's what's not working. And so like, especially shows that, you know, like sometimes when you have series, like, mm-hmm. you know, what we're talking about, we're star, star Wars and Transformers, even like you have a series that's built into making all these new kind of styles. That's great. But if you're trying to fit something that like you can only go so far in one direction. So they're trying to go the other direction. And so like that's when you create problems and then things don't work. And you're like, wait, this doesn't make any sense. I also think it never helps when there's like a crucial actor, actress who doesn't come back. Like the the loss of Kim Cattrall as an actress for Sex in the City or in just like that was massive. And there's a huge hole in it, too. So it's like. It's one of those things to me, it's like making a fucking like macaroon where if you do a macaroon well, it's like, wow, this is a great macaroon. I really enjoy this. But it takes so many things going right in that recipe to get a good macaroon where like a gram too much salt can fuck you up or the right temperature can fuck you up. And now and that's what it is for a reboot where it's like, yeah, if you get everything right, it's perfect. But the margin for error is so significant and the care that goes into it has dwindled in over the past few years. That is such a good analogy for it. And I think that is the pitfall of the reboot, especially when they're retooling or changing fundamental aspects about a character or about an old storyline that they're they're bringing forward, which Mm -hmm. is what a lot of the hate with Star Wars has been, is not only are you taking a risk by rebooting something that has a fan base and people love you're also taking a risk by then adding more ingredients or taking ingredients away and it just it's just even more things to go wrong that's the problem i've had with it i mean it's it's fiction we can do anything we want but it's when they make it that defining feature of the character that's all they're about well we just made them black because we needed more black people in here or we now have announced that they're a certain orientation because we need to, and it's not natural to the character of the story. Why not just add new characters? And that's what Star Wars tried to do. They added new, more diverse mm-hmm. characters, but they wrote them terribly. And again, those characters, their defining feature was this one trait. And then they just didn't, they weren't given enough to, to do with in the film. And they kind of fell flat as characters because of that. Well, I feel like this is what Erica was saying. Like a lot of these shows, like, I mean, maybe this is wrong for me to say, but Sex in the City. Friends, even like the book, The Summer I Turned Pretty, they weren't written in 2023. 
they, they're not going to be the mm-hmm. politically correct or inclusive thing that everybody's looking for. And that's like, that has to be okay. There was a part of history when those things weren't identified on television and now they can write shows, new shows, mm-hmm. new concepts with those characters included where they're not like thrown in as an afterthought. And like, they'll do so much better. I've rewatched Friends all the time. There are jokes in there that would not right. hit today. And hit the, like, I'm a, I'm an they didn't really I'm hit then either, but super person. not hit today. Okay, leave me and my show alone. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't hate it. I go back and forth on Friends. I guess it's just too But big I feel show. like you have to remember the time that this originally came out and like what was yeah. going on then. And it's not doing it justice. They have to make such a big deal about it when it comes out in yes. a reboot. They have to yes. point it out and it's like, look, we've updated this thing. We've changed this thing. You're inserting this message in there which is so blatant and obvious. And it's like, it's taking away valuable screen time from just Mm -hmm. telling the story. You know, for me with something like Will and Grace, like that was a cultural touchstone. That was kind of a groundbreaking show when it came out. There was many moments throughout the nineties with those TV shows that we grew up with that were moments that paved the way. Even Ellen DeGeneres, who's evil now, apparently, (laughs) but she paved, she did pave the way. She did pave the way. So it's like, all right, Will and Grace, had its time and it served its purpose. Let's make new shows that now can feature queer characters, diverse characters in a way that like you couldn't back then because they already broke that barrier. Why do we need to bring it back? Like it has done what it needed to do. What did you do? Let's do like, like how I am Kate was for trans people, you know? Well, it's, it's the same. Because I'm kidding. That was that. What? <laughs> that flew over everyone's Kate, head. Caitlyn Jenner show. I, like, you said I am Caitlyn. Do not allow that to sit there and make people think I was no, serious. No, it, it's just like the way that my brain processed <laughs> I that. Was, I was trying to think of what Kate do I know? Not yes, Caitlyn. that's exactly. Yeah, I was just Caitlyn Jenner. Okay, hold on. Caitlyn Jenner's docu series on E. I guess Stop. that was about her. Supposed to be about her, like you know, her new life, and it completely fell flat. Obviously, because she fell flat everywhere, but. Um, Isn't it just as problematic as the woman herself? <laughs> yes, it is. So that's how we represent trans people in the media, which we should do, need to do a better job at, which there are shows that do an incredible job at it that need better recognition. Um, but that's kind of what Andrew reminded me of with like gay male characters, at least white ones, where <laughs> give, the path was paved with Will and Grace in that time period. And we've done, we've done more since, but there should be bigger shows that are doing that for what those things are that today. Like, how do we need to keep... There should be millions of queer characters, but there should be shows that are really highlighting in a mainstream transgender people because that's kind of one of the areas that we need to continue to move forward with culturally. Yeah. I also think that there's a way to say, yes, this was bad for the time and like this doesn't age well. And I think there's a very authentic and human way to say, ooh, because we've all said and done things that we were like, oh, fuck, like. Like, we don't need to go back and write a new script for something yes. for that character to make them better, to forget. Like, let them be the problem that they were and let them sit in it and live in it. They're a character yes. and you can watch it when you want to watch it. But if you don't want to show a new generation of people, then don't show it. And they have to understand it in the context. But yeah, I think it's that's a good point, Erica. You just be like, ooh. Like, ooh, can't believe I said that. Like, and if the people who are yeah. involved in those shows, I mean, naturally their opinions and views on things are going to evolve and change as well. If they feel a need to go back and change something, Support somebody else, become an executive producer, like help them get their show onto the air or help them become a director for their movie or be involved in another project that goes in a new direction. And if if the character is that bad that they need redemption and we need to bring them back into the modern day to like totally redo the character, then maybe that character just needs to stay in the past. Yeah, I think you can have a character who needs redemption where it's funny 
that they have not gotten it. Like, I want to see the grandmother who still uses World yes. War II era slurs. And it's just, just like... go to Andrew's house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know any World War II era slurs to say right now. You're aghast. He's lying. I'm still on my Revolutionary War slurs, Erica. Okay, oh I know gosh. it's because that's like when you were born, but you need to age beyond that. Like, you need to be rebooted, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Oh, that's fun. Enough about the reboot, but let's talk about something different. The reboot's sister, which I like to call the sequel. Okay, for the history freaks out there, the first official film sequel was in 1916. Anyone here know what that was? Birth of a Nation. Oh, yeah. Wait, no way. That was the original. That was the original. Stop. The sequel was The Fall of a Nation. Wow. 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 We're going through that right now. Good job, Erica. Well, I was going to say, we need a new one. We need a third one. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall of Western Civilization. The Fall of a Nation 2. The remix. (laughs) However, if you want my opinion on what the sequel is the best to ever be made, it is a very Brady sequel. The follow-up to the Brady Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm out. I'm out. Which is confusing in its own right, considering the film is a remake of the TV show, (laughs) but also a satire (laughs) and original in its own right, but also like not original at all. But I love every second of it. Anyway, what are some of your favorite sequels? I, I was actually thinking about this while we were talking about reboots. And this is a television one. I think Better Call Saul is one of the best reboot slash prequel slash sequel that has ever been done. Erica brought this up, and I actually have it in my notes for next. We can just bring it into here right now. Is sequels and spinoffs. Because yeah. spinoff, yeah. I guess, in theory, is like another version of a sequel for TV would be a sequel for TV. Yeah, I guess. yeah. So I guess, you know, uh, Better Call Saul kind of satisfies all those categories. Like, it is a spinoff, yeah. but it is a, a direct prequel to the Breaking Bad series. And I thought, oh, right, it's a prequel. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was incredibly well done. Some people do make the argument it's almost even better than Breaking Bad itself in a lot of ways. It's been so highly awarded over the years. I've never watched it. Me and either. I feel like I should because I watched Breaking Bad, but it just never really looked good to me. Like, I don't know why I say that, but like, I wasn't a huge Saul person in the show. The better call Saul in the show is kind of like he doesn't really have a character arc, like, because he is yeah, who he is he kind in of the is. show. He's yeah. a supporting character. This is how he gets to that point, and it's very fascinating. I think it's just a great way to go back into a universe. Breaking Bad, the story ended completely. You can never reboot Breaking Bad. You can never go back to Breaking Bad. Like, why would Mm -hmm. you want to? This is a great way to be involved with some of those characters again and in that world with that level of writing without it tainting the original or redoing things or taking it Mm -hmm. away. Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. Oh, Lord. I'm learning something today. This is wild. You know what? I'm going to follow after Maggie and keep my answers confined to a series. And mine is The Mummy Returns. It was so fucking good. Okay. that's. I don't think I've ever seen The Mummy Returns. I don't think I've ever seen The Mummy. It's, they're, it's all good. You know what? The Mummy series, we could have done this whole podcast on just The Mummy and Star Trek. Honestly. Oh, and Avengers. Well, I would have been busy. Oh, yeah. yeah. The whole- Not with this Captain Kirk. Um, I... Different series. <laughs> Captain Kirk is not an Avenger. Sorry, Star Trek. Whatever. <laughs> um, who's in Avengers? What's Event Marvel? You're thinking of Captain America. Oh my America. god, did you just say, what is Avengers? What's wrong with you? The Black Panther. WandaVision. 
yeah, yeah. fairly odd parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say I think Erica, you triggered, triggered me into a thought of one of my favorite movie sequels is Batman Begins. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah. Which is the second in the trilogy of that era, right? No, that's or the no, first Dark Knight. No, that's one. the first. Yes. Sorry, Dark Knight. I like Batman Begins. Dark Knight would be the second yes, one, right? Yes. That's iconic. Dark Knight really is like. I'm yeah, watch that's a good. So I good. I'm gonna rewatch that soon too because I kind of am obsessed with that movie. Yeah, I love. I saw them in theaters. I remember loving them. But the spinoff, I think, is and TV we're seeing a lot right now with like. Um, there was like the young Sheldon from the Big Bang yeah. Theory, which two things that never should have existed, but I do love Kaylee Cuoco. Bazinga. <laughs> and then there's How I Met Your Father, father mm-hmm. which um, was going to be Caitlyn Jenner's documentary. It was going to be How I Met Your Mother, which used to be your father. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we can talk about sequels or, um, if we don't talk about Top Gun Maverick. Oh, Because it was actually. Oh, you that. haven't seen it, Kurt? I haven't seen it. Oh. No, I haven't seen it. I've seen Top Gun. I was never a Top so Gun good. fan growing up. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, hold on, hold on. Is Top Gun Maverick, Andrew, go on a second. Is, Andrew, is Top Gun Maverick the sequel to Top yes. Gun? Yes. Is it literally just the yes. sequel? It's literally just 20 it's, years yes. later. Literally sequel. And they play 20 years later so well. However, I, okay, I good, will good, say good. I agree so I. that the very distant sequel can often be really good. And it kind of can really serve good. as sort of a reboot. One of my all-time favorite movies, like it may be, is Mad Max Fury Road. I think it is one of the most perfect yeah. movies that has ever been created. I will fight anybody on that. But there was the original trilogy, which is all very good. And then this remake, which I think was 2015 or something, 2014. I can't remember, but so good. And it continued that storyline and everything. But you could watch it by itself and not have had to see the originals. So to Andrew's point about fighting, um, I know a podcast isn't a visual medium, but... You can fight him on it. Trust me. <laughs> Do you think we should have a spinoff of this podcast? Where it's this just podcast me? is a spinoff. This podcast is a spinoff. We are pre. <laughs> no, this podcast is a remake. No, it's a reboot. It's a reboot of a remake of a spinoff to a sequel to a prequel. And now I'm retiring. This banter is so dumb. You would think it's scripted, but it's unfortunately not. <laughs> Low key, Eric and I should start a podcast just the two of us and make it the prequel. Oh my god. Honestly, Stop. it would be like, how do we get three idiot men? You know what's going on. You know what's there's something there. The Hellscape Carousel, the spinoff, but it is um, like the visual is like the house, the carousel spinning off. And then it, in the middle of it is just Maggie and I trying to keep it all together. <laughs> or you guys are on the spinny thing in the on the carousel. You know that spinny ride on the carousel? The only good fucking ride in the carousel. <laughs> what? You know what I'm talking about? Does, you ever been on a carousel does before? Does anybody know what he's talking about? Wasn't there a prereq to drive a carousel <laughs> for this podcast started? <laughs> We're taking a podcast trip to a carousel. We always wanted to. I think we should. All right. Well, speaking of nothing, we'll have a game. Okay. The game is called Reboot, Remake, Sequel, Prequel, Spinoff, or Retire. The name should have been Reduce, Reuse, Recycle. <laughs> the name should have just been give... reduced. I don't remember anything you said. Okay, so basically this is the rules. I'm going to show you, I'm going to read a show that has existed or a movie or something that has, a project that has existed. And you tell me, would you like a reboot of it, a remake of it, a sequel of it, a prequel of it, a spinoff of it, or nothing at all? Okay. Okay. Uh, these are, they're really fucking random. I don't know if, I hope you guys enjoy them, but I do. Um, first and foremost is probably the most iconic scripted drama comedy, Desperate Housewives. 
iconic. And everyone, has everyone here seen Desperate Housewives? Um, I've seen episodes of it. You should see all eight seasons. I'm good. Andrew has not. I definitely have But not. Desperate Housewives, in theory, is what paused the Real Housewives franchise, which is incredible if you like think of the trajectory of that. But the show was like this like first, not first of its time, but it was like a real drama with comedy, but it was played off of the idea of a soap opera but like at prime time. The show was insane. A thousand people died, like 9,000 storylines happening at all times. I want a prequel. Did you watch it originally? Who would you, what would the prequel be? Like of how they all moved there, like how they all got to the neighborhood. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I've always wanted a movie, like a now movie, because I like the idea of big shows like that having like one movie instead of like mm-hmm. a whole new show. But a prequel could be fun too. A prequel of like how, a prequel of the woman that killed yeah. herself, Mary Alice. Okay, I like that. All right, second, we have Tiger Cruz. I want a sequel. <laughs> I want a prequel. I want a- I want a fucking reboot. I want a spinoff where Hayden Pattenier actually joins the military. Where she has ears. Yes, and then she ends up with PTSD after- You can't- Oh, <gasps> oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Andrew, this is literally why we will never succeed as a podcast because you say off-the-cuff bullshit like that. That's crazy. But it would be accurate. Tiger Cruise, I need first off, I need to watch it. So let's let's start there. No, you have to save it. I want everybody to watch it for the first time on our podcast trip. Okay, I will yeah, I mean don't worry, I will probably save it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not running to figure out how the fuck I find that on streamer. Like where do I go? It's just on Disney Plus. I wish there was a Tiger Cruise too. Honestly, missed opportunity. There have been tragedies that could have popped off of, so I'm surprised they haven't. Like Tiger Cruise 2, Finding Osama Bin Laden. Oh, Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, uh, I love that. That's what we need. Hayden Panettiere. Tiger out. Cruise 2, Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> she just starts training. That's a crazy Stop. montage. Wait. No, there could be a t- there could be Tiger Cruise version like in DC, like the Pentagon version of Tiger Cruise. G.I. Jane meets Delta Force. But like also like Hayden Panettiere's like life is kind of sad now because like her daughter's like know, stuck in the Ukraine. Yeah. So like what if there's like so that that's a yeah movie. Tiger Cruise three Tiger stuck Cruise in Ukraine. Russia. Oh World my god. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, speaking of three, the third movie. Um, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It already is a sequel, like a second sequel, but um, Scary Movie three, <laughs> which is the most elite scary movie, I which for any reference is. The one where they do like signs, they do the ring, they do eight mile. Um, it's amazing. Um, I would want a spinoff movie about yeah. Brenda. <laughs> like Brenda her. gets her own fucking trilogy. Oh my God. That is what the world needs. I need Regina to have a fucking sh- movie where she's playing Brenda. She was she's so incredible. good in that role. Okay. The Breakfast Club. Uh, you can leave it. It's such a white people movie. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> nope. Nope. Wait, Andrew, I feel like I thought you were gonna, like love The Breakfast Club. Why would Andrew love The Breakfast Club? He didn't even go to high school. Like, what does that? How does he oh, relate to true. it? I don't know anything about The Breakfast Club. I thought you people would like it. You know who would like The Breakfast Club? I feel like Cassie would like The Breakfast Club. He just left. <laughs> This is now the second time this has happened. I know. Oh, oh my god. My god. How should we fuck with Kirk while he's gone? Like, what can we say in this episode? I feel like all of the movies that Kirk likes makes so much sense with Kirk being this like short king. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say because he's Kirk and he's gay, but he's yeah, I thought it was gonna productive. be him about him being gay. But like, you're right. Short people do have different tastes. <laughs> he goes, I just got <laughs> dropped from the episode. That's how bad of a host he was. He just <laughs> That's said, how bad. Bye. Hello, hello, hello. 
Okay, guys, that was the weirdest thing in the world because everything else works. It's just Riverside. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> guys, what? The vid- the fucking show. Oh my show. god. I cheers. thought you were saying like cheers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so confused. Well, yeah, we all are, girl. It was like the 1950s. Are you kidding? I never saw it. I'm like too But Cheers was on like Nick and yeah. whatever. I would say yes yeah. and we should call it Queers and it's about a gay bar. <laughs> I'm like really too young for that. Like really too young. Might as well be the 1950s. The 1950s. It was 1982 to 1993. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like a really old show, though. Yeah, it's it? dusty. You don't talk about dusty. Some shows have dust. You like you, you, you swipe your TV as you're watching it, and the dust is not going away. That is that show. I don't know what filter they fucking used in 1987. <laughs> Frasier was a spin-off. Frasier seems more recent than that. Fra- Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers. Yes. No. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, anyway, next one. This You're is fucking me. with us. <laughs> we just moved on from that. <laughs> I didn't know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend like I care either. Um, next is supermarket sweeps. Does anyone remember the show? Yes. And you know what? Oh, Let's yeah. reboot this. We need to reboot the fuck out of that. First of all, in this economy, people are gonna get real fucking crafty. <laughs> I'm sticking cucumbers up and down things if it gets me. <laughs> me too, girl. Inflation is so real. <laughs> I I used to love that show. I would watch it like all the time. Do you know how much capital you would need to do that show in 2000? <laughs> I would have, I would do it, but I would have like a Uber Eats person do it for me. I'd be like, go, go get me what I need. That sounds like the most elitist nightmare. <laughs> okay, this next one I think is going to cause some, some disagreements because I have a stance on it. Um, but Jaws. I oh. think a new version of Jaws would be really fucking cool. What? No. What's wrong with you? <laughs> they did no. it. They did it. That was Sharknado. I'm saying Jaws. I no, want there's like a, there's a Jaws too, and it's famously really bad. And then there was, yeah, but it was a I'm Jaws talking like 3D. I'm but are they recent? No, these are from the 70s and 80s. Okay. Well, I mean like a recent, like with the how we could make a movie now about Jaws. Well, I think it'd be really cool. What about that? What about that movie that Blake Lively's in with the shark? Isn't that like close to Jaws? I don't know, Blake. What oh. is she? In? Oh. I just know she's in Gossip Girl. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't remember the name. The was it Open shallows, Waters? Maybe the Shallow. Yes. yes. Oh, that's a good one. I actually, do you remember that? No, that's a bad movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Tell lot of shark me. movies. Shark Night 3D. Every single. That's not. That's what you're thinking of, Andrew. Um, we. Could, I have, I have a new those? one. Next one. We're moving on. Eight Maggie. Oh, wait, what about that movie? That's that's the sharks that are like programmed. That people are like training. What's that? The, Isn't the that Sharknado? Oh, the Megs. Megatron. Oh, the Meg. The yeah, Meg. those are new, newer, aren't they? Those those are newer. They make movies about fucking everything. We have plenty of shark movies, Kirk. We do not You're need right. more. Okay. I don't think I've, I've ever seen Jaws, actually, to be honest. Really? Um, okay. The next is <laughs> the next is something that I think should never be touched, but I put on here for a reason. Um, the Bodyguard with Whitney Houston. Oh, well, you can't do it without you Whitney can't, Houston. That, that's what I wanted so, to hear, Erica. That's yeah. why so therefore, it can't question. happen. Thank you. Yeah, good, like good that, that's done. Iconic movie. Uh, okay, The Secret Life of Alex Mack. Oh, that would be, I think that would be a really fun That would be so reboot. good, right? That would be so Erica, did fun. you remember that? Nope. Nickelodeon? He didn't have oh, Nickelodeon. No, right. Yeah, we didn't have Nickelodeon. Right. Maggie, have you ever heard of it? No. 
Oh, you would love it. It's right up your alley. But she's this girl that basically like turns into a puddle. Like, (laughs) is it right up my alley? Yes. I think you actually would enjoy it. Okay, I'll take Erica's word for it. Yeah, not yours, bitch. It's not February yet. (laughs) (laughs) Erica. Okay, last one. I think we all have the same answer on this. Reboot, remake, spinoff, sequel, Tucker Carlson tonight. Oh my god, I want it all. I want it all. He did he I want a prequel of his childhood. Well, there's there is a prequel. It's it's crossfire in a way. Oh yeah, that's true. And the, the oh, moment yeah. that he turned evil is when John Stewart went on crossfire and made fun of his bow tie. Yeah. How old are you? Thirty-five. And you wear a bow tie. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. So, I do. John Stewart is an absolute like oh my god, he's so vigilante. Funny. I love that man. Um, Yeah, he rebooted it onto uh, X Twitter. I know. Twitter. And he's got his stupid little internet show now. John Lemon's doing that too. Is he? Yeah. No one cares about John Lemon. Oh. At all. Me neither. I miss Don Lemon getting drunk on New Year's Eve. My God, Andrew hates black gay men. Okay, well, um, (laughs) that's all I have this week on reboot, retire, recycle, reuse, and redouche. Perfect. Good name. No notes. No notes. (laughs) Easily marketable. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm Erica. I'm Maggie. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kirk. You're going to need a bigger boat. Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes.